Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Make babies that would fill the earth. And so he gave the, the woman the gift of life and, and man the gift of helping. Helping to make life. And so it's, it's an it's a office that God has bestowed. And so understand that I know that none of our dads were perfect. <laughs> right? But the office that they sit in is perfect because it came from God. And so regardless of how good or how bad they, they were or are in our own opinion, it doesn't matter because God placed them in a position to help us and to bless us. And that's really what we're doing this morning is honoring them. I always like to check out the history of a holiday. You may not be a history buff. I guess I'm, I guess I'm a little bit that way. And so... How many of you know that Mother's Day came along a lot sooner than Father's Day? <laughs> we got kicked to the post uh, for a long time. But the first known Father's Day service occurred in Fairmont, West, Vir- West Virginia. Anybody know where that is? Okay, well, you can tell me later where that is. And it happened in July of 1908. And what had happened is a hundred of men, hundreds of men died in the worst mining accident in U.S. history. And so Grace Golden Clayton, she was the daughter of a dedicated reverend, some of you might say pastor, she proposed a service to honor all fathers, especially those who had died in that tragic accident. However, the observance didn't become an annual event. In fact, it wasn't promoted, and very few outside of the local area even knew about it. But meanwhile, across the woman was inspired to honor fathers. So the following year, in 1909, Sonora Smart Dodd of Spokane, Washington, now that's more of a familiar city, she was inspired of the idea of Mother's Day and and to make one for dads. Now, her father was a single parent who raised Sonora and her five brothers by himself. And that's after his wife, Ellen, had died giving birth to their youngest child in 1898. And so William Jackson Smart, her father, was a farmer and Civil War veteran as well. While attending a Mother's Day church service in 1909, Sonora, then 27, came up with the idea. And within a few months, Sonora had had convinced IMCA to set aside a Sunday in June to celebrate fathers. 
she proposed that June 5th, which was her father's birthday, would be a good date. But the ministers chose the third Sunday in June so there'd be a little bit more space between Mommy's Day and Daddy's Day. So that first Father's Day was held on June 19th, 1910, when Sonora delivered presents to handicapped fathers. Boys from the YMCA decorated their lapels roses, red for living fathers and white for those who had deceased. And the city's ministers devoted their sermons to fatherhood. The widely publicized events in Spokane uh, struck a chord that reached all the way to Washington, D.C. And Sonora's celebration started a path to becoming a national holiday, a holiday that did not catch on right away, perhaps due to us not being as good as moms. I just (laughs) threw that in, even though it's true. So in 1916, that was a good year, President uh, Wilson, Woodrow Wilson, and his family personally observed the day. Eight years later, President Calvin Coolidge signed a resolution in favor of Father's Day relationship between fathers and their children and to impress upon fathers the full measure of their obligations. And then in 1966, LBJ, which is President Lyndon, was it Bainan? Bain. Signed an executive order that the holiday would be celebrated on the third Sunday in June. And then under President Richard Nixon, a truth, nothing but a truth, in 19, you, you got to be old enough to recognize who Richard Nixon is. He could have done stand-up. Okay, and uh, in 1970, Congress passed an act officially. Now, remember, this started all the way back in 1908. And now here it is, 1972, that they officially make Father's Day, a national holiday. And then six years later, Sonora passed away at the age of 96. Isn't that awesome? So this morning, we're going to make a a tribute to the dads. Let's go ahead and enter uh, into prayer right now. Father, we want to thank you for this day. And for what this day represents. It represents one day of the year that we honor this sacred office of fathers. And Lord, we want to thank you for our dads. For all of those that have been a father figure to us. And most importantly, we thank you Heavenly Father, that you are indeed our Father. 
May you also be honored today. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so as we already mentioned, uh, God has always had a plan before a plan was needed. And he instituted this office of the Father back when the rest of us weren't even seen. He created that office before we needed a Father. And really, he created that office to be a reflection of himself. The purpose of the Father is not only to be a part of the creation of the child, but is to reflect the Heavenly Father's love and his care for his children. And we'll, we'll talk about that just a, a little bit here. If you got your Bibles this morning, go over to Hebrews, the 12th chapter. And I'm reading from the, uh, the NLT version. That stands for the New Living Translation. I, I like the way it sounded opposed to the King James that I normally use. But Hebrews chapter 12, looking at verse 5, Hebrews 12, 5, and it begins with him edifying us with a word. He says, have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke, excuse me, spoke to you? I'll get my tongue straightened out before the end of the service. It's amazing, you know, how your brain is connected to your tongue. Sometimes it short circuits. <laughs> Have you forgotten the encouraging words from God that he spoke to you as his children? Now, that's really the theme here in these verses, that we are the children of God. Now, that doesn't make us gods, obviously. But we are his offspring. We are his creation. For this is what he said. And he's talking to you and me. He says, my child. Well, we could just stop right there and preach a little bit. I mean, just look. Look how magnificent and glorious that view is. Your daddy created it. Amen. And he didn't create it for himself. Come on. Amen. Think about him hanging all those stars in the sky just so that we have something to look at when we go outside at night. Amen. Yes. Amen. He's awesome. And we are his children. So he says... To us as his children. He says, don't make light. Now, too many people get this discipline thing all sideways. Just understand that discipline is creating boundaries. A, a, a safe place within those boundaries to live life.
He says, he's given you discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. Now, this next verse is very significant to me. I'll tell you why. It says that Lord disciplines or makes us aware of the boundaries. I go outside the boundary, he's going to tell me about it. He's not going to hit me with a stick like some religions would say. But it says that when we step out of those boundaries, he, he disciplines those that he... And he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Now you might ask yourself, why is this verse special to you? Well, because I know that God loves me a bunch. Because he's always correcting me. Amen. How many of you know I need it? I need his help. I need to know when I cross the Which one tells me first, either him or my wife. Uh, I might like to point out that she wins a lot in that, in that, in that area, but amen. amen. I guess she's showing me that she loves me. Now, <laughs> this is going to be a fun day. <laughs> It'll be like walking through a minefield. Anyway, so here in verse 7, it tells us to endure this divine discipline, remembering that God is treating you as his own children or his own child. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? Now, this verse 8 is mm, pretty strong. If God doesn't discipline you, did you hear that? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, this is it means it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his child at all so if you're not experiencing structure discipline guidelines accountability from your heavenly father, then either A, you need to get saved. I wasn't joking there. That was, that was the truth right there. Yeah. Somebody out there, you could take that right there. Or it means that you're like this stallion that got out of the pen and you're running free in the wild. And you're too far away to hear his voice. You need to come back. That's right. 
you need to come back. Now, verse 9. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits? You see, we have a father of our flesh and we have a father of our spirit. Robert Ariel Conover is the father of my flesh. But the God and Father of my Lord Jesus Christ is the Father of my spirit. Verse 10, it says that our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that you and I might share in his holiness. Now, when I was reading these verses, two things just kind of popped out at me. And number one, talking about our earthly fathers, God gave them the responsibility to put boundaries around us, to teach us the difference between right and wrong, and to understand the consequences of doing wrong. And that meant that they were there to not only point these things out to us through accountability, or to actually show us that there's ramifications for getting it wrong. Which might equate to punishment. And again, I'm not we're not talking about over the top kind of stuff. And every child needs to be disciplined a different way. I had one child that uh, you'd spank him and he'd laugh at you. So we didn't spank him anymore. And we had another child, we looked at him cross-eyed, and he started bawling. So we continued to spank him. But the first kid, he, he was tough. He's still tough. So we took things away from him. He, he straightened right out. So you, you, you've got to learn, you know, what method works for each child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and then we had this niece that we're, we kind of took on as a child for a while. And that, that little girl was an angel. She never did anything wrong. Seriously. In fact, when she'd see the other kids doing something wrong, she'd look at us and say, I'm good. <laughs> They're all different. But I wanted you to understand this this morning. That another thing that I took from those verses in Hebrews is it was part of God's plan that when we were under the the toolage of our our mother and our father, and we're talking about dads this morning, so when we were under their instruction as our father, God intended that we would see him through our earthly father. 
And that's why it's so important for us to be a godly father. How many of you know it makes it easier for them to see God through us that way? that really didn't come up to your standards and made a lot of mistakes and maybe had so much turmoil in his life that he just didn't get it right at home, you still, through him being that in that office, you became aware of God the Father. Amen. And so this morning, I'm so thankful for the fathers that I've had in my life. You see, uh, my dad succumbed to uh, a kidney disease when I was nine years old, and the Lord received him from earth. The Lord didn't take him. God doesn't take people from the earth. He receives people Amen. from the earth. Amen. Yes. Right. And so as a nine-year-old boy... You know, this father figure was taken out of my life. And my mom used to say, well, I'm now the, the father and the mother, but she wasn't. She was just the mom. And so there was this void in my life. I didn't have anyone to imitate in the way of a father. And so there was this vacuum in me, and I was always being drawn to those that did display a father that reflected God. Actually, I've got three fathers. I've got the father of my flesh, of whom I just mentioned. I've got my wife's father, who befriended me. But I also have a spiritual father, who is Neil Sprague. In Colorado, now not only am I away from all of my family, but I'm out here on my own. And I met this man, Neil Sprague, who was the complete opposite of a father that I had ever known. And he really didn't try to be my father. He just was being Neil. (laughs) And he was moral. He was honest. He provided for his household. He had unbelievable work ethics, of which I've never met anyone yet that can equal him. And yet, he was firm, caring, and loving. And I can honestly tell you this morning that I would never have found the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior Come on. without this Father image. Yes. 
that he brought to me. It became easy. It became easy to accept God the Father and his son Jesus Christ because I saw what God was like through the life of this man. And so this morning, we heard Joy say that, well, she doesn't have a dad or a father, much like me. But people don't have to be blood to portray the father image that God wants you to see to draw you to God the Father. You don't have to have a blood relationship. You don't even have to have a close relationship. It could be a teacher from school. It could be a neighbor. It could be an employer. It could be a co-worker. It, it, it could be someone else's dad. It could be a pastor. It, it, it could be... Who knows who it could be? But there are those out there that are conveying the image of the Father that we need to do as showing us the way to God the Father. Amen. Amen. And you understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we need to go out there and find these people that we can be a father to. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Just continue to follow God the Father. Amen. Yes. Come on. And be that person that He made you to be. And the weaknesses that you have. And whoever you get around. Just display that to them through your behavior. Yes. Amen. You see, there was one thing that Neil did that sealed the deal. <laughs> he believed in me. Amen. Right, David? With all of my imperfection, in all of the stupid things I was doing, <laughs> he didn't point them out. He just enforced what he saw in me. Amen. And guess what? It finally drew it out of me. Yes. So when your kids or your grandkids bring a bunch of crazy kids around your house, Come on. find something that you can say to them that's encouraging. Amen. That's awesome. Something that gives them self-worth yes. and value. Amen. Yes. Don't try and be their daddy. Right. Come on. Be the father figure 
be the example of God the Father, who always looks at each one of us, and he's not looking at what's wrong with us, he's looking at what's right with us. And when we do that towards others, <laughs> it helps us see, helps us to see God the Father. Amen. I've noticed that I'm getting a little bit more mushy as I get older, <laughs> which I'm not comfortable with because uh, I'm a German. I clicked my heel, my leather shoes. Are it's all rubber today. I found a poem. If I had said that five years ago, I would go look for a gun to shoot myself with. But um, t- today, I guess I'm, it's okay. Right? I got a poem. Woo-hoo. I'm not going to put my hand on the hip or anything like that, but you know what I'm saying. I got a poem. And then we'll get out of here because it's time. With these three words, Dear Heavenly Father, I begin my every prayer. But the man I see while on a bended knee is always my earthly dad. He is the image of the Father Divine, reflecting the nature of God. For His love and His care, and the faith that He has shared, pointed me to my Father above. Father, we thank You today for our earthly dads. We thank you for our dads that we have adopted, those dads that didn't even know that they were influencing us. We thank you for them. I guess if we look over our shoulder, Lord, we can see all sorts of father figures that you use to help shape us, to form us, to cause us to be who we are today. But Lord, most importantly, we thank you for those fathers, whether they were blood or whether they were just simply a neighbor. Those father figures that helped us to see you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for their example. Thank you for using them. We just say, Lord, may they be blessed this day if they're still with us. And Lord, for all the fathers under the sound of my voice, I pray that you'd help each one of us to be an example of you, Father in heaven. That we would be that image, that we would be that example, that we would be the one to see the good in those around us, to encourage them to pursue that good helping them to see you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, thanks, guys. Uh, men, you've got a muffin back there. I think there's several flavors. Uh, there's 